Well, here we are just uh, literally eight days away from the start of the 2023 NFL draft and uh, a really exciting episode coming up here as all eyes are on that number one pick. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock, so to speak. And so we're excited to get to talk to Joe Person, the Carolina Panthers beat writer for The Athletic, coming up a little bit later in this episode. Really looking forward to hearing his insights on the trade, obviously, with the Chicago Bears to get the number one pick. You know, is it C.J. Stroud? Is it Bryce Young? And a couple other items that we're really excited to talk with him about here, Mark, in just a little bit. But before we get into the interview, I just got to say, Allen Robinson, the former Bear, is a Pittsburgh Steeler, and the Steelers now continuing their run of poaching former Bears and getting them onto their squad somehow. They're reuniting of Anthony Miller, Mitch Trubisky, James Daniels, and Allen Robinson now complete. The glory days of the Chicago Bears are now uh, <laughs> the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> right, it's an exciting, right. exciting time in Steel Town, that's for sure. Um, I, it's funny. As soon as this move happened, obviously this is like a, it's a, it's in a sense, I don't think it's a meaningless move, but it's, it's not OBJ to the Ravens. It's not gigantic sure. news lead, lead off your podcast type news with, unless your podcast centers around a Bears fan and a Steelers fan in which this is, it affects us both in such a unique way, especially because now all of the talk about this, the rumors of the Steelers wanting to move up and maybe the Bears looking to move down and, and uh, the Bears and Steelers may be doing some more trading and, and, and more uh, maneuvering through the draft. There's a lot of connections. Uh, there is. There is. I, I'll say this. I think it's a low uh, floor, high ceiling type of move uh, for Pittsburgh. Yeah. They're only paying like a $5 million of the salary. Um, it, it, yeah, Los it, Angeles Rams taking on $10 million yeah. of the salary. Steelers taking on $5 million, and all they did was swap seventh-round picks. Steelers dropping like 13 picks in the seventh round. Yeah. I think it, that's all right. It really is a um, – it, it clearly something happened in L.A. with Allen, and so it just didn't – it just did not work. It just didn't work. What For whatever reason, uh, I don't know if we'll find out the whole truth ever, uh, but I I – I could see this being a, a, a really nice get for Kenny Pickett. Um, Allen Robinson is not exactly a top 10 wide receiver, but he is a huge, especially like third down possession guy, great hands, sure. short, immediate route type stuff along the sideline, contested uh, grabs. He's got incredible hands. Uh, if he can get his get healthy and be uh, the route runner he, he was uh, in, uh, in Jacksonville and Chicago, uh, Kenny Pickett, just uh, really helped himself uh, uh, stay afloat in the tough AFC North uh, coming on up this year. I, I think it's a great move. Yeah. KP also showing up uh, to, you know, some of the workouts now he's looking yoked. That guy's put on some poundage. So we'll, oh, he's we'll Will see Levis how that himself. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Although I think he still, uh, you know, drinks his coffee like a normal human being and doesn't put no mayo mail in it. Yeah, like uh, like the Levis train there, but yeah, no. Uh, from a Steelers perspective, for Allen Robinson, man, you you mentioned it, low risk, high reward type of deal, five million dollars, and and the best part about this too, I mean, yeah, no, it's not like as sexy as a uh, picking up an OBJ with the Ravens. It's also not you know eighteen million dollars potentially in yeah. in a cap hit. But aside from that, I, I think this is like a, a huge steal for Pittsburgh because. You know, wide receiver actually, in terms of depth, was a question on this team. Really, outside of Pickens and Deontay Johnson, there were some questions. I mean, they drafted uh, Calvin Austin last year. He was hurt all last year, so technically this is his rookie year. And uh, behind him, very thin. So 
to bring in a very talented former, you know, Pro Bowl uh, caliber receiver to come in and be the wide receiver three. I think it's it, it, they're not going to ask him to be the man. Yeah. Obviously, when Cooper Cup goes down in L.A. last year, it's like, oh, well, now we really need Allen Robinson to be the dude. Maybe he's just not that point of his career anymore. A couple injuries and things like that have put him in a different spot. They need a slot guy. I mean, he can absolutely play in the slot. And I think, you know, if he's the number three, even number four target, I mean, you got Fryermuth there too, then that's a huge, huge, uh, you know, benefit to Pittsburgh to have a guy that talented uh, being their number three, number four option. It's a, it's kind of, it's a win-win really. Well, yeah. And he, um, and he definitely, is, he's a veteran who's seen it all, who's been with, Anyone and everyone, you know what I mean? You see the sure. list of quarterbacks who've thrown a ball to Allen Robinson. It's insane. Um, and so, you know, and him and Mitch, they got along. Allen always was a huge defender of Mitch. And I think, you know, Mitch still being there in the locker room, like it's just one of those things where um, you look at the, the, the drama and the divas that Steelers Nation had dealt with at the end of the Tomlin era versus now. They've cleaned a lot of that up. And a, a Steelers locker room that is not drama-filled, uh, who can uh, can only imagine what uh, what that can do for Mike Tomlin's uh, psyche, and he can actually work on uh, game plans and scheming as opposed <laughs> to like, hey, turn off the Instagram lives. I think you meant the end of the Ben era, perhaps not the Tomlin era, because that's no, still yeah, going. Yeah, the end right? of the yeah, yeah, end yeah. of the Triple B era. Tomlin's yeah, still yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. End of Bell the last and, and era. Brown. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, I, yeah, it's a, it's a win-win for Pittsburgh. I don't know what happened in LA. Obviously they, they are now, uh, the Rams we're talking about finally, maybe now we're seeing the ramifications, the Rams ramifications, if you will, of constantly punting on the NFL draft, bringing in high priced free agents to round out your team to win. Now you won. Now you got the ring, but now we're seeing the after effects of, High cap situation, older quarterback, They're and uh, aging contracts that don't look so great anymore. You know, and no more Jalen Ramsey. They are they are slowly but surely gutting uh, this you know franchise right now. And kind of I don't know about you, but it does seem like they're almost getting close to having to start from scratch outside of a few cornerstone pieces in Cooper Cup and you know Matt Stafford for another few years. Yeah, I, I mean to me the to me the interesting is a year ago. We were so high in the Rams because remember a year ago, the headlines were they signed Bobby Wagner and they got Allen Robinson. And now they don't have Bobby Wagner and they got, they don't have Allen Robinson. Um, And so maybe flying under the radar for the Rams right now is the best thing for the Rams. And no one's really talking about them. They are, uh, they have some draft capital now ahead of them in this upcoming draft. And uh, to me, it all relies on if Stafford and cup are healthy in the NFC, they're going to be a factor because the NFC is weaker and it, it is not as deep. So uh, that to me, that's the most important thing is that what is Matt Stafford's health going into uh into this, uh into this year fully and Cooper cups health fully. And uh, you go from there, but you're absolutely right. Some of these contracts are looking bad for them, but the Rams also are a team that I feel like this is just going to be who they are. They will be iterations of this version of the Rams where, they're signing big deals. They're attracting stars because it's L.A. They're always going to have people want to play in L.A. Uh, and it, right now, the NFC, it is just the it is the more open division. You're, and I think you're seeing a little bit of that guys wanting to get out of the AFC and moving into the NFC for sure. 
Yeah, look, they're, I, I don't think they were ever planning to uh, be the team that creates dynasties because they knew what their approach was, and it yeah. was to get championships you know, five years apart at a time and kind of pick away at those things. Now, the Matt Stafford trade, maybe that they felt like that window would, uh, you know, open up a little bit because they get that caliber player at the most key position. But, I mean, if it works, it works, and it did work for them. So, you, I mean, even I if you're a Rams fan, yeah. you feel good about where you're at right now because of what happened two years yeah. ago and that you got the championship that you did this all for. If you could tell me as a fan of a franchise that every, like, let's say about every six years, you're going to you're going to either play in a super bowl or win a super bowl be, but it's going to mean like every 6 years you're changing a bunch of jerseys and the names of the back are changing you absolutely take it and right now in the Sean McVay era they played for a super bowl and they won a super bowl and now this is the you know the 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 transition two years can they get back uh, back up on it I, I think we'd all we'd all take it it's um flying under the radar for LA it's a unique thing and uh, we'll see what they do in the draft we'll see they also, to me, are a, a, a crucial franchise for post-draft. There's always that signing period where there's a bunch of then veterans getting picked up and signed. At what LA is going to is going to fill out the roster in a lot of ways on those signings. There's still some big names out there. Like they're not with a team right now. LA is a perfect example of a team like veteran minimum contracts to plug and play guys who will just come in for another load up for a year run. We're all, you know, sitting on the by the seat of our pants, getting ready for the next run in yeah. LA. That's for sure. All right. Well, that uh, that does it for our our beginning portion here. A little housekeeping notes, but of course, coming up, uh, we also are going to talk about Jalen Hurts signing that, uh, you know, groundbreaking uh, contract with the Philadelphia right Eagles. Up. Some news out of uh, you know Miami with Tua making some remarks as well today, as well as some sprinkles of rumors and news surrounding a possible trade for Trey Lance. A lot of quarterback news coming up as well here on the Football Lounge. But first, we're going to get to our long-awaited interview with Joe Person of The Athletic. Well, we are excited to welcome in Joe Person of The Athletic covering the Carolina Panthers, and he's been covering the team since 2010, so a lot of insight uh, from Joe. But, you know, Joe, first off, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, just uh, a lot going on here with the Carolina Panthers uh, over the last like month or so, I'd say. Yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, it's been fun. Uh, this is a team that has sort of teetered, teetered on irrelevancy since Cam Newton hurt his shoulder what was that halfway through the 2018 season they made the playoffs in 2017 uh lost in the wild card to, to new orleans david tepper buys the team in 18 and it's sort of you know cam got hurt it, it was it was a mid-season game at pittsburgh not to get too deep into the weeds but you guys will probably remember tj watt blasted oh yeah Cam, that Panthers were six and two, and uh, it's ever since that moment they've been looking for their next franchise quarterback. You guys know they did a merry-go-round thing the last three years with Matt Rule and all those quarterbacks. They kind of rented each year, and it was time for this franchise to 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 make a bold move like this at that position. And 
as I say, it, it's it's been fun to cover it, and uh, you know the next week's going to be uh, be be uh, busy, but but fun as well. For sure, yeah. I mean, you mentioned they since David Tepper's been on board, they really haven't been shy about making uh, unorthodox moves or big moves, especially with Scott Fitterer as well. He's not afraid to do that either, and that brings us to the trade that is just about a month old now with. Uh, the Chicago Bears, so that number one overall pick, sending number nine, a 23 second, 24 first, 25 second, and DJ Moore, so a haul certainly there to Chicago before that number one overall pick. I just want to ask you, Joe, what was your reaction uh, to the news? Like, was the writing on the wall from your perspective? And I guess, you know, in terms of just the trade itself, uh, can you provide any insights on really what happened behind the scenes to lead us to that point? Yeah, so I, I I did late that week. It, it went down at like five o'clock on a Friday. Like was we just went teams. Yeah. But there's a lot of these sports teams, as you guys know, that's when they dump bad news. Yeah. <laughs> this was good news. Um, but yeah, it had been building. Um, my colleagues, a couple of my colleagues at the Athletic, based in Chicago, and. And I did a behind the scenes look for the, for the athletic, and it it was kind of cool to 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 go into the conversations that began at the combine between these general managers Scott Fitter and Ryan Poles, the the kind of back and forth. One of the things I thought was really interesting, and you know, you we heard behind the scenes after the trade went down that the Panthers would be okay with two quarterbacks. And that was true at the time because what Chicago really wanted to do, and there were talks along these lines, they were going to go from one to two and and switch with Houston. And then they were going to go from two to nine with the Panthers and really get a lot of picks, even more than the ones that Dan just rattled off. Uh, And so that tells you if the Panthers were willing to go to two, I think at that time, they would have been okay with C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Um, then as the process went along, or, or that that week after the combine, Houston was sort of dragging its feet. Nick Casario wouldn't, wouldn't pull the trigger. And I think that the Panthers and, and the Bears just got together and were like, let's do this thing without Houston, and here we are. You know, Joe, one one of the things from my perspective is what I love on NFL Twitter on a on a Sunday. Uh, Patrick Mahomes makes a giant throw uh, to Travis Kelsey, and all the memes come out uh, showing the Bears fans be like, "Can you believe the Bears passed on on this to draft that?" And they rub Mitchell Trubisky back in my face. Um, so, from your perspective, if you're talking directly to Panthers fans. You say, who's the guy in this draft? If the Panthers key in on Bryce Young or, or Stroud, whoever they take at one, who's the guy that has the biggest chance in three years from now makes the throw and NFL Twitter blows up because can you believe the Panthers traded up to number one and didn't pick this guy? Is there a guy, is there that guy out there in this draft or does he not exist? You know, the guys, the, the two that come to mind are Hendon Hooker and Anthony Richards. Mm-hmm. And, that's because, you know, in Hooker's case, because of injury, in Richardson's case, because of inconsistency and accuracy problems, they come into this draft with, with low floors. But I think they both have pretty high ceilings. Like Richardson, I mean, he, he could be something. 
And I, I wrote a piece last week for The Athletic, and um, people who didn't bother to, to click the link thought, thought I was crazy. I wasn't saying the Panthers were still considering Richardson at number one, but you know, as of last week, they they were still pretty high on him. If some team blew them away with it, pretty much it'd have to be Houston uh, with with an offer to, for the Panthers to to go down to like two, which we had just what we discussed a minute ago. But um, I just think at one, he's just it. it he's just the epitome of boomer bust yeah and so to to your question mark i i do think he could really be a boom but after giving up all that they did to to get up to one i just don't think they can take that risk um and that's why i mean a trade back if they had, had gotten some of that those picks back then you might could have lived with it but Scott Fitter told us yesterday that they're going to all certainly all but likely going to stay at one. He said, look, you always pick up the phone and listen, but gave every indication they're going to stay at one. And he gave a lot of indications that pick's going to be Bryce Young. Yeah. Talking with Joe Person of The Athletic, and that's really been something that's moved into that uh, arena, Joe, over the last 10 days-ish of Bryce Young really like almost – solidifying uh, himself in those Vegas odds. He is now the clear-cut favorite to be taken number one overall. I mean, obviously there's always a chance, but, uh, you know, in your mind, has that gap completely uh, disintegrated between or uh, continued to widen, I should say, between him and C.J. Stroud uh, over the last week or so? And is there still a possibility the Panthers could shock the world and do a deal at the 11th hour and, uh, you know, maybe get themselves an Anthony Richardson moving down four spots or something like that. Yeah. So I, I do think Bryce has distanced himself and, and I don't know, I think we're just finding out about it in the last 10 days. I, I spoke to a general manager uh, a few days ago, I guess it was this week. And he said that the buzz has been, excuse me, uh, that he was hearing a lot of Bryce Young stuff at pro days, which were, you know, two, three weeks ago. Um, so I do think the Panthers went into it with an open mind. I, but, but I just, you, you, the more you talk to people around the league, it's like, if there's a guy you're going to trade up for in this group, and, and it's a good group, but um, that, that Bryce Young is that guy. I mean, he, you, you turn on the tape from Alabama and look, I get that he's small, and and that is that is certainly an issue. That that and that's why we've all discussed it for the last two months, or feels like two years. Um, but if if but but even with that big caveat about his size, and 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 I'm not even as worried about his height as much as his frame. That you know, I Absolutely. think he I think he kind of blowed it up on. You know, I don't know if he was like chugging three gallons of water before getting on the scale in Indy. Yeah. I have the players say that that you know that that's kind of one of the tricks. And uh, but he got to two oh four. That, that's what it'll always say on the back of his football card. But then you talk to scouts and, and draft experts who think he's his more natural weight's more like one ninety five. At any rate, if you kind of get past that. And, and I think that's what we are getting all hung up on is Frank Reich's history with big quarterbacks. I mean, you guys know, 
I mean, he's never had a guy short of his six three. And most of the guys he had, he's had a quarterback since he's been either head coach, coordinator, or um, quarterback coach, have been like six five, like <laughs> six. You know, the Philip Rivers, the massive dudes, yeah, yeah. So anyway, but but I think Bryce Young can be a special player if he can stay healthy, if he can add some bulk. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I, I, it, it is hard to argue with his resume. It's just that that height and weight that that you know, especially when you see a guy like Chua, who's not that much bigger, kind of get and head injuries are a different thing. But look how Chua keeps getting hurt, getting flung to the ground and having his head hit the, the ground. It hasn't even been necessarily direct head to head contact. It's him being getting slung around like a ragdoll. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And, you know, Joe, I want to going off that point. Is there an organization that is more uniquely built, though, than Carolina? I can't think of one that is is maybe comfortable with the idea that we're going to draft a guy and he's only going to be here for five years. We're going to maximize him for five years because, as you said, with the Cam Newton window, uh, you know, yeah, obviously they had signed him to a longer deal, but it was a, it was about a it seven year back. run with Cam Newton and the Panthers were able to say, okay, we got a Super Bowl appearance out of it, got an MVP. You know, a lot of teams are maybe testing this. You know, Baltimore lets, you know, Jackson, Lamar Jackson go. It's a similar idea. Like, just maximize a guy for five years and then let the market dictate if they need to get a big deal and go. Is that something that you think Carolina Panthers fans can handle? Or is this going to be one of those, oh, my gosh, if we're drafting a quarterback again in five years, this is the biggest disaster and Frank Reich is gone and the Panthers are, a, you know, are, are a bottom feeder franchise. You know, well, I mean, it, Frank Reich and Scott Fitter, no doubt, their futures are tied to this pick. So gotcha. they might not survive it. But you bring up an interesting point because you have David Tepper, who is all about, you know, finding what makes the most financial sense. And, and he has said since the time he came in here, that drafting and developing a quarterback makes the most sense because you got them on that team-friendly deal. You've got the fifth-year option at a relatively low number. And then, Mark, as you said, it's, it's like, you know what? We tried it. It didn't work. Uh, or it worked. And, you know, but we're not going to pay a second contract. That it, it, it is it is interesting to see how the market is changing. Like Deshaun Watson's deal, who, who let's not forget the Panthers were in on Deshaun Watson uh, a little more than a year ago. But, you know, that that's changed a lot. And I, I think, frankly, some of the owners aren't going to, to, to do it. I mean, we see it in Baltimore, and I, I think it, it's reasonable to suggest here we are with we're breaking down Bryce Young's future before he even gets here, but <laughs> yeah. at this point, and and it, it, I think it's reasonable to suggest that 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 could be an avenue that Tepper follows. It's a fascinating, you know, time for the Carolina Panthers, and and in a division where they could, you know, quickly take over if they play their cards right and and get this quarterback pick right, uh, because that it really is a uh, you know prime pickings right there in the NFC South, so. Uh, you know, this is, as you mentioned, a, a very important pick for uh, Scott Fitterer, Frank Reich, and for the franchise. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, when do you go out for the NFL draft? Are you going to be there all week? 
No, I'm going to kind of try to figure out kind of where to pick my spots. And in some regards, talking to people, it makes more sense to, to, to be here. I've had people tell me that being there, I've never covered a draft. Um, when I was at the Charlotte Observer, Scott Fowler, when the 2011, when they drafted Cam first overall, Scott Fowler, a colleague of mine at, at the Observer, went to it was New York at the time. Uh, and uh, now I've had other people say, like, it's hard to hear. You're in, you know, kind of in like the bowels of, of at, at that point, Radio City Music Hall, but. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it, well, and then you got to like get a flight back Friday morning and beat Bryce Young back to Charlotte. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 I'm kind of trying to figure out what's, what makes the most sense, but, um, it's going to be fun. Like I, I remember covering cams the, the night they drafted cam. And I was, as I said, I stayed here at the stadium and they just like they're doing this year, they sold tickets. They had bunch of live music a bunch of people at the stadium it was a very festive atmosphere and it should be like this is a big deal this for the panthers to go up and get that number one pick like you know scott uh, scott fitter said this week this is this is a big deal we're hearing about it you know everybody's talking about us on tv but he said it's also a really important decision for this franchise yeah, a franchise-defining moment for sure. Yeah, I only covered one NFL draft back in 2016. That was the Zeke Elliott, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff draft in Chicago. And yeah, I can attest it's, uh, it is mayhem. It's craziness. So that makes perfect sense uh, to be able to report on location, uh, you know, where the team is at rather than necessarily uh, getting in, in that craziness of that environment. But yeah, really excited to see what the Panthers do with that number one overall pick. Although it appears uh, lately, the secret is out essentially on, uh, on, on who they love the most at quarterback Joe person from the athletic. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. I appreciate it guys. Uh, have a good rest of the week. All right. That was awesome. Really, uh, really good to hear from, uh, you know, those with boots on the ground and uh, when it's the number one overall pick with the Carolina Panthers, Great to get some insight. It does yeah. appear, I mean, we talked about it. Bryce Young has been the pick for a little bit now. Uh, just getting further confirmation there from Joe, who's, uh, you know, been on this thing from the start. It's um, it's looking like Bryce Young's going to be a Carolina Panther unless something crazy happens. Yeah, you said but in the tease into the uh, into the interview that the that the uh, you know, Carolina Panthers are on the clock. The Houston Texans appear to be on the clock. It looks <laughs> right. like the pick, is, true, the pick yeah. is in. I will say one of my... Um, what I, what I love about first off, a Joe gave us a little stuff off the air. That's like, he's, he's working on another article that there's a great, you need to, if you don't have an athletic subscription, you need to get one. It's worth yeah, it. Very affordable too. And they got great deals and stuff. Yeah. yeah. He's working Absolutely. on an article. that's very fascinating. So I'm very excited to see more, uh, you know, wait for that. Come on. I'm not going to not going to spoil it for him or anything, but, uh, uh, they, they really do. Those guys are the best. And the athletic is such a unique organization. They basically just hand plucked like, every expert from every city. It was like, you're going to write for us now. And uh, so to get his insight, I, the, to me, the thing that was really fascinating is that idea that there was the work between the three organizations, Chicago, Houston, and Carolina. We're almost all yeah, working yeah. together on Chicago goes to two Carolina goes from nine to two. And uh, probably a lot of that was, you know, if we would have more time with him, I would really push him on. Was that DJ Moore? Was that the hangup? 
and that the polls probably really wanted DJ Moore, not just picks. And so he's willing to give up a couple more picks, probably a second or a third somewhere to just say, screw it. I'm cutting Houston out. I'm just going to Carolina and getting that and getting DJ Moore. Um, and I think um, to me, the only other thing I would have loved to press him on, and maybe this is something in the future, if we ever can get him back on and get more time with him, is that idea that was this the right move for Carolina in this draft? Because next year, it looks like we have two right. guys that could be superstar quarterbacks. And, you know, you give up, but how do you know that anyone's going to want to trade who has the one and two pick next year? to even trade with you. You could offer them seven first round picks, but they may not take it because they want one of those two guys. So, yeah, I mean, it's whenever, whenever you're in, in a new year, the, the team that is picking one, two or three are usually picking that because they don't have a, a great quarterback, quarterback at the helm. Right. You know? And so, uh, unless you're in a unique position like Chicago, where you think you got a good quarterback, but he's yeah. young and they were still pieced together the rest of the team. I mean, that is true. Like they, you, sometimes you got to strike while the kettle's hot, right? And the opportunity is there. They and had you a go team take willing. your guy. Um, plus, who knows if you have the assets next year? Like, because yeah. the Panthers are that one team, as we've talked about in the past, yeah. where even when it's really bad, it's five and eleven. It's never. Yeah. It's not going to be one in sixteen or two and fifteen. Like it was to you get know, five and eleven was really bad. And that, that was a team that was in five six other games. Yeah. Because they got a good defense and they've got good players and the division. And they're in a bad division. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, it's an opportunity now for them to do that. Um, and and take a guy that they they think really highly of. Um. And and look, Bryce Young is a guy that, for all of his faults, we've talked about the size issue time and time again, and it's a real thing. Absolutely, as Joe mentioned, uh, you know that's uh, it's more about the frame than it is the height. Um, but even with all that being said, the guy processes and diagnoses plays at about as elite a level as we've seen a uh, prospect. I mean, Trevor Lawrence wasn't an elite processor that people were talking about coming out. No. It was all about the physical tools he had and how he was able to make every throw in the NFL already no. at the age of 18. And who knows? Bryce is that guy right now. When you are that size, it makes you have to win with your head, like be yeah. smarter than the defense. So it's a lot of what people are talking about in pro Bryce Young's favor. And the thing that's like, oh, well, Kyler Murray's easy comp. But remember, Kyler came from a system that was just – um, Lincoln Riley making quarterbacks really good, making it easy for them. And he wasn't a hundred percent all in on football. He was still actively playing baseball at Oklahoma. Bryce Young has been mm -hmm. all in on football, working with guys who know the pro game at Alabama. Um, and so there is a lot to like about Bryce Young. And, and I do think if your organization is comfortable with the idea that, Hey, by year two, he's a, he's a, or a really ascending star and by year five his body's beat up but somewhere in between years two and years five we win a super bowl or competing for a super bowl then we'll roll the dice we'll risk it and then if we if we we don't resign him to a long deal we don't resign him a long deal we move on uh you know to the next to the next guy and so it seems like carolina and dave tepper are an organization that is uniquely built to say we don't have tradition. We're not the Green Bay Packers. We're not the Chicago Bears, the New York Giants. We don't have this yeah. long story. We're not the Steelers with this ancient tradition where we can't like fall apart for a year or two and have to rebuild. 
Carolina, it seems to be very much willing to go kind of like we were talking about earlier, like, you know, the Rams saying, screw it, we're going to do it our way in LA. If the Panthers may be willing to do it their way in, in Carolina on the East coast, it's uh, it's going to be great. I can't wait for the draft next week. It's so awesome that it's already here. There's so many storylines and uh, our draft preview next week is going to be a lot of fun. Super excited. I can't wait for that. We're going to preview the entire first round of the draft, give our kind of, uh, our mock draft. We do it differently than a lot of other places where they will, you know, each individual person on the show will give their first round. Uh, Mark and I are going to draft the first round together, alternating picks. That's how we did it. Uh, you know, when we started the show and how we've done it since. And uh, that kind of just makes it the show's mock draft uh, for that first round uh, coming up yeah. next week. So really looking forward to that. Uh, next Monday. And, you know, just to put a bow on all of this Panthers talk, I love that you brought up that, you know, aspect of them being in a position where maybe they are just in it for the short term gains of certain picks because, and I'd love to ask this of Joe, if we got him back on too. the whole situation, situation with Matt rule uh, and David Tepper, we could have probably talked about that for 15 minutes in and of itself. Uh, But we were obviously, you know, tight on time. That was the unique one because David Tepper is known to not be a very patient guy. Like he wants to win now and he is all in on that. But then they gave Matt rule uh, at the beginning. They said, we're giving you a leash, you know, and they, and they gave him all of that money and gave him that long contract. And that's why now they're paying him a lot of money uh, to be coaching elsewhere. And so the whole thing of that is, I wonder if that was a moment of clarity for David Tepper. That was yeah. like, Yeah. I, I can't like I was validated in how I wanted to go about this when I bought the team. Uh, we can't we can't go this route of uh, waiting on five and 11 seasons one after the other. And that's why after three, you know, or two and a half or whatever, uh, was just like, yeah, I can't. This is uh, it's not yeah. good enough. We got to move on. We got to move forward. Can't get stuck in a rut for five, six years. To me, the mark of a great organization and a great a leader is not doubling down on what what yep. didn't work cutting your losses yeah cut it and move on because if you were to say no 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 we got to give him more time i i gave him that contract for a reason we got to give him more time well the, the, i mean the panthers would be you know it could set them back even longer for a longer time um and that's one of the reasons why um you see organizations like the Daniel Jones thing. I, I, I was exactly not saying it it's literally, a perfect it's, like, example. it's it's one of those things. Where I'm like, I, it's the, to me, the mark of a bad decision. Well, now we could be proven wrong, but it's that to me seems like an organization that should have said to themselves, we let the clock run out. We got, we squeezed as much out of this as this orange as we can. Let's go get a new orange. And uh, instead they, they paid the pulpy lumpy orange $40 million <laughs> a year. So, uh, you know, we'll, We'll see. Every organization does it uh, does it slightly differently, but um, that was a lot of fun. And 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 thanks, Joe, again for joining us. And uh, and uh, hopefully uh, get it get him back on the show eventually. Especially if the Panthers have uh, you know in a year from now are uh, you know really turned it around and things head in the right direction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It could it could happen fast. Yeah. Very appreciative of Joe for taking the time out. Super busy time of year as we talked about. So really glad that he was able to block out some time for us here on the on the football lounge with Mark and Dan how about that we are we're getting up there right now with uh with the guest list now now pressure's on for sure yeah on the next one I, I will but, say uh, this as we jump into the, the 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 rest of the show here and we and uh and uh we have you know talking some quarterback stuff 
Can we just say um, the Demar Hamlin news this morning? You know, you're getting it out that Wonderful. he's going to be. Yeah. Uh, he's going to have an opportunity to resume football activities in full, cleared by four different doctors. Um, I, I I give him all the credit. It's what if you ever ask yourself if you're that Joe Schmo sitting at home thinking to yourself you could play professional sports. But that's the the reason why some guys make it and other guys don't is that switch in their brain of like, he's an athlete. And he's like, this is what I do. And I'm going to face this adversity. I'm going to take this head on. And if I can play, you bet your ass I'm going to play because I love the game and this is what I do. Like it is, um, it's an incredible, incredible story and very, very excited for him, nervous for his family and his loved ones, but excited for him <laughs> yeah. to, Take that first hit again and prove like I'm back and I'm uh, and my and my career is not going to just uh, end on this on this one real uh, incredibly fluke tragic uh, hit. Super enlightening and you know now he has said too that he wants to be a, a voice um, for I, I'm going to butcher the name cardio corditis or something like that. I'll let you yeah, um, which is the leading cause of of death in youth athletes uh and it's a very unique thing it's a fluke like you said it's a fluke thing where your body sustains a physical blow at a specific point where the heartbeat is in between beats and uh it's crazy five seconds later you just drop and that's what happened to him it happens and, in the uh, NBA you know, it happens to the NHL happens in, yep. in literally every sport it's we it's a yep. um it is it's a fluke fluke thing it really is. So yeah, glad that he's going to be a voice for it as a, uh, you know, someone who survived it and uh, you know, maybe help, help spread the awareness on that awesome stuff that he's going to be uh, hopefully returning to the field much sooner rather than later. That's for sure. All right. Now the news that would have probably let off any of our other shows, if we didn't have an awesome interview lined up uh, is the Jalen hurts, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles really breaking the bank giving Jalen Hurts a massive five-year, $255 million deal, 179 of it guaranteed fully. And he now averages out to being the highest paid NFL player ever. And as we know, that is all somewhat relative because this is a, a per-year basis, $51 million. Uh, but obviously total money is a different story. And it's going to get beat you know, within a, a few months. Someone else will get signed. And uh, and so we go on that carousel. But for the time being, Jalen Hurts uh, signing a very lucrative deal and really, Mark, and I know, you know, you probably have the same thoughts as I do. Super team friendly as well. It's They're incredible. able to lock this guy up for a perfect window in his career and uh, and try and squeeze all of that juice out, as you like to say, um, of the Jalen Hurts, you know, peak years. Jalen Hurts his cap hit in 2023 will still only be six point one five million. His cap hit in 2024 will only be 13.56 million. His cap hit in 2025, 21.77. And by 2026, 31.77. So this is somehow, I don't know how they did this deal. I don't know, but GMs are getting smarter or the NFL is allowing more loopholes because it feels like these, this just didn't exist a couple of years ago. How does this, how did, how can you give a guy that much guaranteed, but the cap hit only be this little, I don't know how they've done it. But it is incredible, and I give them a uh, I give them a, a ton of credit for getting it done for both sides. It's the right time to do it, and if you're and if you're the Eagles and you're Jalen Hurts, 
you now say to yourself, we have this window in the next two years, especially where the NFC is weak, where our cap is not a disaster. Uh, we've got to, we've got to try to win and capitalize on it. And the nice thing is Jalen Hurts is young enough to where he could get another contract. If, if by the end of this, you know, he's still playing at a really elite level. Like he is at the start of this contract. And if his goes the way of the many of that we've talked about with Cam Newton, you know, and other, you know, mobile quarterbacks where his body's broken down and he laid it all out in the field for a, for a seven year run. Well, he got his bag generational money. Uh, and, uh, and so I, I, you know, I, I, the first thing I tweeted out, I, I put it on our socials is the idea of agents work. Lamar agents are a good thing. Yes. And uh, they uh, they got it done for their guy and for Philadelphia. It's a win win all around. I I love the deal. I love the deal as well. And look, it's it's a a situation of the grass isn't always greener as well because maybe you know Jalen could have held out and taken a a better more more guaranteed money elsewhere, right? Uh, but Colin Coward, um, you know his uh, his co host uh, J Mac was talking, bringing up how Kyler Murray got way more guaranteed money. And is that fair to Jalen Hurts? And Colin was bringing up on the show that, well, if you're Jalen Hurts, would you rather be on the Arizona Cardinals for an extra $15 million, $20 million, or would you like to be on the Philadelphia Eagles and competing for Super Bowls yeah. rather than the state of where Arizona's at right now? And it's perfect. It's a perfect um, argument because Jalen Hurts, especially, we've known this guy to care about football and winning over anything else. He showed it at Alabama. He showed his willingness to be a backup, to be a championship, to be a champion, right? I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow. You were on a championship caliber team the year before as the starter, and then Tua Tungavailoa overtakes you. You stay on the team, and then you get your second chance at Oklahoma for your senior uh, year, and then able to go to the NFL. This guy, it's about, you know, good things come to those who wait. Jalen Hurts is like the perfect example of that. And it's worked out great. Now he's in Philly, their structure. They have the chance to be competitors for the next five years in the Super Bowl sweepstakes, not just for a playoff. Yeah. And you know what? I, I love a guy who's just, who's also can say to himself, uh, you know, I don't really care what that guy got. I care what I'm getting and, and what's going to work <laughs> for me and my family. Cause um, it, this, I think 179 million is going to work for most people. Yeah, this like, this know? this feels a lot more like the mentality that Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen signed their deals under. Like, I understand that in a year now, two, like I'm going to be falling down the charts, and my money's going to look not as good as maybe the next guys. But who's going to be in the NFC Championship games, AFC Championship games, and Super Bowls? I want to be in those games earning those paychecks, getting those endorsement deals because I'm actually winning, uh, playing winning football. Um, it's a, it's a, again, I, I can't speak enough how much I think it's a home run right now today. Jalen Hurts is without a doubt in my mind, the top dog in the NFC until Matt Stafford proves that he's hundred percent healthy and he comes out like he did two years ago. He might have something to say for that. Um, uh, but there to me, he's the top dog. And now there's some other guys up and coming, but he's the top dog and he's paid like the top dog in the NFC. And um, listen, the Eagles, they're in a, they're a, they're going to be a fascinating watch this year because they lose an offense coordinator, defense coordinator, some really key pieces, but they have some really good yeah, draft yeah. picks. 
and they they've signed some some uh, some okay nice signings. Uh, they're going to be uh, they're, they're going to be a definitely uh, a fascinating defending NFC champion going into into a year for sure. That's for sure. They they are um, going to going to be in that in the thick of it uh, each of these years, and you know really in that division uh, that where we don't know what the situation is with Washington. Dallas doesn't seem to be getting much better. Uh, you know, so really, I mean, it's them and the giants who improved a lot last year and we'll see if Daniel Jones gets them over the hump. But yeah, I mean, gosh, the roll the red carpet out almost for the Philadelphia Eagles here in the next few years. Um, oh. some other quarterback news to a tongue of Iloa today, speaking with reporters. Yeah. Saying that he did for a bit. I don't, we don't want to like be hyperbolic here. He's not saying that he's retiring. But he did say that he considered it for a time after sustaining his second concussion and what was it, you know, several weeks. Uh, uh, he really thought about it long and hard, and then he just, you know, ended up saying that he he just came to the determination, no, he wants to keep playing. He is, you know, in it, uh, and he wants to do it for his son as well, he mentioned. So Tua Tungavailoa is not retiring. But it is important to note that, you know, these are – super serious and it kind of goes back to what we talked about with joe uh in the interview about bryce young and his size and getting tossed around like a rag doll i mean the whiplash element of this at the quarterback position you are in a vulnerable spot because you are stationary you don't have a full steam ahead a lot of times right and so if you're getting grabbed you know from behind and tossed to the ground uh you're gonna have to get some like josh allen meat on the bones uh, to be able to kind of withstand that. We saw Kenny Pickett get tossed to the ground hard by Roquan Smith yeah. last year, instant concussion, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's good to see that two has made a full recovery and seems to be extremely healthy and ready to go, but you start to stack these things, man. And it, it's scary. I don't blame guys. Uh, you know, who was it? Nick, Nick or Nate Borland, the standout linebacker for the 49ers like six years ago as a rookie had a phenomenal year and his second year said, I'm done because he had a concussion and uh, was scared for his health. I totally get it when guys make these decisions. You know, I'll say this about Tua. I appreciate his honesty. I appreciate his openness. I think that goes a long way. And I think it it reminds us all he's human, um, that he's not just, uh, uh, he's he's not just going to say what the Dolphins want him to say. Because this is, I think he knows, He it sounds like Tua is smart enough and has self-awareness enough too to know, listen, when my run with Miami ends, it's probably, my career is probably over. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be the guy who just lasts in the league as a backup because of this issue and because of my size and things like this. So the best thing he's got going for him is to be honest, to kind of make Miami love him, rally around him. And it seems like they have and give him a chance to, you know, maybe earn an extension and uh, and and ride out and be you know be the starter and give him a chance t- to win, um, and he's got a great team to around him to help him win. Now, I will say one of the things about that, the quarterbacks getting whipped to the ground. You know that is directly a result too of protecting the quarterbacks. You're not allowed to sack them anymore and hit them. So what guys are doing is they're wrapping in the middle, twisting and throwing. And yeah, release because yep. I'm not, I'm not putting weight on him. I'm just, th- I'm just throwing him to the ground. And th- that's something that the NFL can't ever get rid of. Cause I mean, it's like, otherwise you are literally flag football. And 
What's happening is for these smaller, lighter athletes, Kenny Pickett's a slimmer guy. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, obviously, Tua. They are there when, you know, Khalil Mack is turning you and throwing you, you're going flying. Uh, and you lose control of your body. So it is, again, it, it just goes to show the importance if I was an NFL general manager on size, on durability, uh, uh, to withstand the the hits that you are allowed to still take and these kind of whip throws. And uh, it's something that if you are the Tua's, the Bryce Young's, the Kyler Murray's, you're going to have to work with your trainers and your coaches to understand, like, what's the best course of action for me when I get wrapped up like this? How can I protect myself? And these new helmets are a thing that Tua's going to be a, a guinea pig for this year, and I think that's great. Um uh, and so I, I love, I'll end it with this. I just, I love the openness from Tua and I am excited to see Tua this year with this loaded Dolphins roster in a very oh, yeah, tough yeah. AFC and a very tough AFC East. Um, because when he was healthy and playing well with, with the healthy Tyreek kill, they looked like a, a, not only a playoff team, but a playoff team that could make real noise. And he wasn't there at the end of that stretch run. So can he be there this year? It's going to be, Another really interesting storyline throughout the whole season. Yep, and add Jalen Ramsey to the mix, and they've uh, you know, uh, know. Uh, kind of shore up that defense. An, an interesting thing too is Tyree Kill came out and said that he's basically playing out this contract, and then he's done with football. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I uh, did. So that's like age thirty-one. I think he'd be. I at love that, that time. too. Yep. He said, you have I'm clarity now as a franchise of yeah. where where you're headed. I'm going to give you everything I got for this contract to try to make myself a hall of famer uh, to put up as big a numbers as possible playing the year for 10 years, like Calvin Johnson, then walk away. Yep. Yep. Makes perfect sense. Uh, finally, before we close out the show, Mark, uh, just, uh, you know, some news on the Trey Lance uh, situation uh, from Ian Rappaport that the 49ers have received inquiries from several teams looking into a potential trade for former number three pick Trey Lance. The conversations have been the result of San Francisco fielding the calls, not making them yeah. with teams aware that Brock Purdy is likely the future starter that uh, quoted from Ian Rappaport on Twitter there. So certainly, you know, something that's not a, a huge surprise. We figured that Trey Lance might be on the trading block considering how Brock Purdy played. They went out and got Sam Darnold clearly feel comfortable with the quarterback room as it stands right now. Unfortunate for San Fran if this is the case that the experiment completely failed, uh, but not entirely their fault as well as he got injured, you know, one start into his, uh, you know, career uh, last season. And then Brock Purdy played very well in getting them, uh, you know, all the way to the NFC championship game. So you totally understand that perspective. I'm curious to see what the compensation would even look like here and what teams are inquiring about this because like we played with our guessing game yeah, I about know. what teams were looking to trade up, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, take one of those top spots. Uh, this seems like another thing is who's trading up to get Trey Lance. Is it the same teams? Is it the, you know, Atlanta Falcons uh, or the Detroit lions or something like that uh, would be very interested to see, but whoever that team is taking a big risk, Mark, big risk. Well, uh, did it say in the tweet how many teams were looking? And not in this one for me in Rappaport. It just yeah. said several teams. So my um my instant reaction to this is if I'm San Francisco, I absolutely consider this because you took a big swing for Trey Lance. 
because you've had some of the most ridiculous quarterback issues of a winning team in NFL history. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, Brock Purdy clearly won your locker room, won your city, and showed you uh, in Kyle Shannon, your coaching staff, like, okay, this is what we want from our starting quarterback. This really is what we want. It's Jimmy G only. We think he could be maybe more healthy and a little bit younger and more, even more cost controlled. I mean, he, we're paying him literally pennies uh, in the NFL world. Um, so I would absolutely take the calls. If I was, if I was uh, San Francisco, I think this, these calls will heat up post draft when the quarterbacks fall the way they do. And I do think there is the chance that you could get a second rounder for him or something like that. And I think there are teams that will be willing post draft to say, yeah, take next year's second rounder. You know what I mean? Like, because again, once you, well, get you know it, what, it could even be teams that, you know, see how the first round plays out. Yeah. And, right? that's and they're like, we didn't get our quarterback that we thought maybe it would fall to us. So now we're prepared to give them this year's second or and this next year's, year's third, you yeah, know, or whatever this year's third and next year's yeah, second, yeah. something like that. Yep. I think that's about what you're, you could get for him. I, you're not getting a first. I, I think you can get more than a fourth, but maybe it's a second and a fourth or something like that, or two or two thirds, some, something in that, in that world. Yep. Maybe a and player I, packaged in there. Who knows? Yeah. I think there are a lot of teams that should be interested. And if you're San Francisco and he goes somewhere and he has a great career, I think San Francisco will be okay. Justifying letting him go. Um, but I, I think, I think absolutely makes sense. The number one team is Tennessee because it's the former, their new GM is a former uh, uh, San Francisco. I came over this off season who uh, was very high in the getting of Trey Lance to, uh, to uh, San Francisco. But I also think that Atlanta, Tampa, the jets, uh, there are teams out there that all should be inquiring that absolutely should be inquiring. Seattle in their own division should absolutely be inquiring. Now they have to pay, maybe pay a little bit more. It might make more sense for them to just draft Richardson or hooker or whoever, you know what I mean? But um, I think Trey Lance's NFL story is not done yet. I really don't think it's done yet. This is not a Deshaun Kaiser type thing. Um, I I think there's a real chance that this kid could, could still have a, a legit career in this league. If, he gets out of San Francisco and ends up in the right spot, but he may yep, even yep. still start for San Francisco this year. And that might not be the worst thing in the world for his career either, because we've seen San Francisco tends to play the hot hand. It's all about circumstance. And yeah, I mean, yeah. San Francisco's willing to, you know, uh, go off of a guy uh, and, and willing to, to, you know, ride the hot hand, as you said. So absolutely. I mean, all, all factors are in play right now. We'll see what they decide to do, what happens draft day. I kind of have a feeling if something does get done, it'll happen day two, day three uh, of the draft. And, uh, you know, or or like you said, perhaps maybe even right after the draft as well. Yeah, if and if you're Trey Lance, I, I, I you welcome this at this point. I think you welcome the change of Fresh start. Fresh start. And it's not his fault that no one expected Brock Purdy to come in and be good. We all said, Hey, well, Jimmy G's one thing I get it. You know, and then Jimmy G gets injured and everyone, we, we all wrote off the Niners that, that day. Mm-hmm. And, and Brock Purdy had a, a Jeremy Lynn sanity type of run. And um, you know, that happens in the NFL next man up mentality is a real thing. And I don't think he necessarily holds maybe the animosity, 
But I do think maybe a fresh start is is could be great for Minnesota. I heard was rumored. Again, I would uh, if I'm Minnesota, absolutely kick the tires on that, knowing that this is your last real year with Kirk, and you get him in there with the, with with Justin Jefferson and those weapons um, for a year of learning behind him, and all of a sudden, whoa, we could uh, could really do something with Kevin O'Connell and that uh, offensive staff. So there's a place for Trey Lance in this in this league, especially in this same. Think about the same places that might be considering drafting Richardson and Hooker. Same teams that should absolutely kick the tires on giving up a third rounder for Trey Lance. No question. Got to make that move if you are in that position. No doubt about it. All right. Well, the NFL draft is Thursday, April 27th. Next Thursday. We're already here. It's crazy. Time flies. Obviously, that runs three days through Saturday. And the big episode that we've been waiting for coming up next week as well. Early next week, be on on the lookout for our NFL mock draft, drafting the entire first round, see what our thoughts are. We're not going to do trades, right? We we just do it straight through because it's impossible to predict trades. Yeah, and we our goal is always to, we're not trying to predict, get it right. We're just saying if we were the GM of this team, what would we do in this position? Yeah, yep, absolutely. It's something that we feel these, fills the team's needs and uh, and what we think they should do with that pick. So that'll be a lot of fun. Really, yeah, we love hot way. takes, but we're you know we're, we're also trying to tamper tamper expectations that uh, Mark and Dan think they're going to get every pick right. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm <laughs> I'm expecting only about seventy five percent accuracy. I'm oh yeah, I'd be I'd be pumped about that. <laughs> right, that would be amazing. Be I think a couple of years ago, I got like one of the picks right, and it was like pick twenty-two. So I felt great about it because I was like, yeah. "Yeah, no one knew what the what the late round pick was going to uh, be." I, but, I uh, saw the insight there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, be on the lookout for that. As always, follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all of that good stuff. Give us a like, subscribe. Really helps us out. We appreciate you listening. Thank you to Joe Person of the Athletic for his time today, and we'll see you all back here for the mock draft episode next week. Ooh.